Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Habitat Podcast, the podcast for wildlife habitat management, hunting strategy, and land stewardship. And now, your host, Jared Van Hees. Welcome back, everybody. Another episode of the Habitat Podcast here for you. I'm your host, Jared Van Hees. Thank you so much for tuning in. We have another great episode for you. It is involving everything fall food plots. So I know a lot of us have food plots in our mind right now. We're prepping, we're planting, we're getting ready, we're ordering seed, doing soil tests. This one is with Lincoln Roan from Packer Max Call to Packers. Uh, we get into a lot of good stuff on here, not just Call to Packers. We talk about his new crimper that might be coming out in 2021, which is a Call to Packer crimper combination. So be sure to tune in about that. We talk about uh, Lincoln's life as a realtor these days at the new building of Packer Mash where they're located. We also talk about what his fall food plot regimen is and what Brian's and, and mine are as well. We talk about how to protect your fall food plots. This was a, a real interesting part where we spent a bunch of time talking about how to protect your food plots from getting destroyed before you fall even gets here, before you can hunt them, by doing it all on a budget. So it's really interesting stuff, guys. I hope you enjoy. Thank you so much for coming back once again to the Habitat Podcast, where we are here to become better Habitat Managers. Now, I want to talk about a couple awesome reviews that were left for us on the Apple Podcast app. So if you have an iPhone and you subscribe to our podcast, you can go down there and hit the five-star button and type a quick review via you know text on there, and I'll send you guys a free detail. I have three more right now. I'm going to read two of them here, and then I'm going to get some decals out, too. Uh, Timmy from Illinois. Terrific podcast. Excellent content. Great guests. 
Not too many advertisements or off-topic discussions. Timmy from Illinois, thank you very much. Uh, hit me up with your address, and we'll get this decal out to you. The next one is from Big Mike 75 Great podcast. I really enjoyed this podcast. It's very informative. I've learned a lot from listening to the backlog of episodes and look forward to the new ones. Big Mike 75 thank you so much. Be sure to hit us up on Instagram or Facebook somewhere and get us your address. We'll get you a free decal for leaving that. Guys, this goes for any of you listeners out there. Just go on to the Apple Podcast app or Stitcher Radio or Spotify, wherever you listen to the show, and leave us a good review and let us know, and I will mail you a decal for free. Thank you to everybody who's done this so far. You guys are the reason you know we're, we're doing so well, so thank you very much. Now, I want to talk about killer food plots before we get this show started. Uh, I just picked up everything for my fall planting at killer food plots. That, in, that included some aqua shield for my watering holes, some soil defender for some foliar fertilizer, and then, of course, the seed mixes, you know, the lethal winter oats, the Connors brassicas, the deep woods blend, the cold play. I really go all out with this stuff, guys. It's high-quality seed. And just Nick is such a, a wealth of information. If you listen to any of our episodes with him, there's three or four. And uh, just really good stuff from a good guy and a good company. And, you know, that's good enough for me. So check them out, guys, at KillerFoodPlots.com. We have a, a discount code for anybody who uses it. It is HP. 10%. So HP 10% sign at checkout gets you 10% off and free shipping on all killer food plot orders. So thank you all for, for who've reached out for that, that discount. I've been using it. Thank you guys so much. Can't wait to see how my food plots turn out this fall. I also want to talk about Stony Creek Realty. Chad Thalen, we did a, our trivia night with him about two weeks ago. And I asked them this week, you know, what are you guys doing over at Stony Creek? You know, what do you need help with? They need they need some listings, it sounds like. So if anybody's thinking about selling their farm, you know, maybe looking to buy something bigger or maybe a little closer to home or maybe, you know, out of state in Ohio, uh, you know, give Chad a call. He might be able to sell your farm pretty quick, get you top dollar, and help you guys, you know, upgrade to that next next step. I'm pretty happy with my 15 acres, um, but there's always that thought in the back of my head where I'm like, man, I'd like 40 or 80 or 120 or 360 or however it's going to go. Now, Packer Max, Lincoln Roan, coming in strong next. Guys, we have a new discount code with them for call to Packers. HPC25, which is $25 off any Packer that they sell. We've always had that discount. But Lincoln's website wasn't quite set up to use a code yet. Uh, you just had to tell him you listen to the podcast. That still flies. If you call Lincoln, tell him you listen to the Habitat podcast, you'll get the discount. That's great. If you go on the website, though, he has a code HPC Habitat Podcast, HPC 25. It's 25 bucks off, the packer of your choice. And pretty excited to, to tell you guys about the crimper that he's got coming out next. So without further ado, Let's uh, stop hearing me ramble and get on with Lincoln Roan, Fall Food Plots, uh, Brian and I, discussion as well. It's, it's a pretty good time, guys. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. Another episode of the Habitat Podcast. We have our most popular guest ever, Mr. Lincoln <laughs> Roan. Lincoln, how you doing tonight? Hey, man, doing good. Doing well. Not... Uh... Not sure I'm the most popular, but 
But hey, whatever. <laughs> well, if I if I added all your your downloads together per for or per episode, considering this is your fourth time on, you might have the the winner. <laughs> well, that's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> and we got uh, Brian on the line. Brian, what's going on, buddy? Everything's going well, man. How are you doing? Not doing too bad. You got our friend Chris with you. What's up, Chris? What's up, Jared? Hey, Lincoln. How you doing, man? Not bad. Good, good. So, Brian sent me a text that he's not going to be in his home studio tonight. So, Brian, what you up to? Just out glassing some fields around home, trying to locate a couple of these big boys we're trying to keep tabs on, hoping to... uh, put the puzzle pieces together for this fall, so. Very yeah, nice. That, that buck you sent on that group text earlier, I don't know if he's supposed to be public or not, but he is huge. <laughs> no, that 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 was just a uh, something from the Internet I found. We don't have any big bucks around here. <laughs> <laughs> Pennsylvania kids. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to drive out to PA one of these days. <laughs> hey, Lincoln, you can pick me up. I'll split gas with you. Let's right go. on. Freaking road trip. No, I'm, I'm glad you guys uh, can make time to hop on here tonight. I appreciate it. And I know, uh, Lincoln, we've been chatting for a few days now about getting you back on here. What you been up to, man? I know um, you've been on here before for everybody who doesn't know. Uh, let's hear a little bit about you, um, your business, and, and what you've been up to. I know you've been on episode number eight, episode 54, and episode 59. So, yep. And yep. I've, I've loved every one of them. So, welcome back, my friend. And, uh, well, good. Thank you. Yeah, the, the, the mic good is to yours. Be here, man. Yeah, good, good to be here. So, you know, it's been, uh, it's been an interesting, uh, it's been an interesting, spring and summer you know with uh with this whole covid mess and and everything else that's been going on and um um you know so we i'm i'm the owner of packer max um if the cult uh, packer max culty packers if, if people don't know but um and um so yeah what we've been up to uh we've been up to i mean it's just been incredibly busy um the demand for the product has just been it's been absolutely unprecedented um we're having our best year ever um and i just am so thankful you know for that with with everything that's been going on because i know there's so many businesses that have been struggling immensely uh, through this and uh but we've been we've been able to maintain and and we are we're you know knocking it out of the park and we we just uh last week on july 2nd moved into our new building and uh I know we've been talking about that for a minute, and the last time I was on, we were, you know, we were anticipating that, and we finally were able to get it all put together and get the spot locked down, and uh, we moved in. So we we're operational, and uh, we've been working some long, long hours. Um, with this whole COVID thing, we've been backed up, you know, four weeks on shipping, um, but we've been able to, to narrow that down to three weeks now. And uh, hopefully by the end of next week, we'll be down to two weeks. And um, so that's been good. We, we were able to, to, you know, to get more product out the door here. We got more space. Um, and uh, it's just more efficient. And so 
uh, it's all brand new. It's clean. It's, it's just a really nice facility, and, and um, it's it's not huge, but it's uh, it's it's plenty of room for us. And um, you know, hopefully, we can we can continue to grow, and maybe we'll outgrow this place. So, so it's been great. It really has. It's um, like I said, I'm I'm, I'm beyond blessed and and uh, blown away that that we've been able to to maintain this through this through this you know rough time for everybody. So. Yeah, for, yeah, for been, sure. I think uh, you're not the only company that has, you know, have or had struggles, has struggles through, you know, mm-hmm. 20, 2020 so far. I know um, I sell packaging for a living, and I mean, you guys know that, but, yep. you know, it was like uh, half my customers shut down were not essential, and some other ones kept going, and then you get these new guys who are, everybody's making hand sanitizer, so it's just been a... Yep. It's been a weird year, and, and I see on your website you have a COVID-19 update as soon as, you know, somebody hits the website to, to kind of give people a, yep. a heads up so nobody, you know, is surprised if they have a three-week lead time or something. So I like that on your website yeah, there. I saw that. Yeah, you literally got to – you really got to – you got to literally click out of it to get into the website. So, unfortunately, like like not everybody reads um, you know, that COVID because it's, it's been pretty, you know, a, a common, you know, people see it all over. So they're clicking yeah. out of it. So, but I have it on each individual product too, that it's, you know, a three week lead time on shipping. So it's been pretty, you know, most people have seen it, but occasionally I'll get somebody that calls that didn't see it. And, uh, and, you know, people have been so understanding through this dude. It's, it's, I mean, I I think that's one of the neatest things about about this business for me has been the the people, and you know, hunters are just they're just fantastic people. They really are, and and uh, uh, you know, when you explain to people what's happening with the supply chain, if they didn't see the lead time, they're like, okay, hey, you know, I get it. You know, just uh, you know, just get it to me as you know as soon as you guys are able to and so it's been really cool that people have been super understanding and you know and again the 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 demand for the product has been unprecedented and and so that you couple that with you know with supply chain that's been uh you know <laughs> uh not exactly expedient and you know you've run into some delays so but it's been good well honestly a three-week lead time is uh it's not that bad in in terms of uh anything really. I mean Yeah. I we sell a lot of plastic caps. I have caps and sprayers for, for bottles that I can't get uh-huh. I'm I'm quoting people thirty two week lead times on stuff right now. I oh, mean wow. Wow. it's it's insane. So the fact that people can still get their packer before uh food plot season or, or just in time this year, that's 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 pretty good. Yep. So, way to hang yeah, in there and that's keep kind of, up the good work. Yeah, that's kind of what we're shooting for. You know, we're trying to, and again, we're 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 able to make up some ground, and we're trying to get, you know, we're trying to get ahead of the curve, and so that so that people, you know, that magic August first date when people start wanting to put their, you know, the turnips and stuff in, you know, we're hoping to to get everybody, you know, to get everybody locked up by then, and then, um, you know, we'll just keep firing them off after that. So. That's awesome. Yeah, I know I've I've planted into even Labor Day before, depending on my schedule. So, no, that's yep. yeah. Cereal grains and stuff aren't aren't quite as critical, but you know a lot of, a lot of people like to get those turnips in early and uh, you know let growth them grow. Yep. Yep. So, um, but yeah, 
Yep, it's uh, like I said, it's been it's been a wild ride, and you know, couple that with trying to get everything moved into the new building and, and get everything you know organized and set up to to, to roll. Uh, pardon the pun. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's been cool. <laughs> so oh. we're in a great we're in a great great spot. Like we're we're in, well, obviously we're in Michigan, and we're we're just north of Grand Rapids. And we are the, the new building is right off of 131 on M57, so we're right by the highway, and it's a, just an easy on-off, and uh, it's just a great spot. So I'm super excited about it. No, good for you. What, what was the reason for the the new building? Just in terms running out of room, or like what was the reason for for moving on down over by the highway there? We, we yeah, we were just we just did not have any room. Like like we had we didn't have any room to store. Um, like prepackaged box or you know prepackaged units, okay. and I think that was one of our biggest hangups. Is like now, like this winter, I'll be able to be in here. And, you know, I didn't. So our our old uh, building was not heat. You know, wasn't insulated. So uh, we were having to hit you know the frames with heat guns to warm them up to get the decals to stick and everything else. So you know now we'll be able to prepackage units. This winter, we'll be able to put them up in our mezzanine and store them. And then, you know, next spring when they start ripping out out of here again, I'll be able to just – we'll be pulling orders instead of, like, reacting to orders. And so, Very cool. Uh, we'll be able to service, you know, service our customers a lot better. Um, and, um, you know, we've expanded into some food plot seed, uh, you know, for local people to pick up. And, and that's been, you know, moving very well. Um, you know, we've got three different lines of food plot seeds, some of my favorite blends uh, from various, you know, various companies. And, I, and I'm, you know, like we're going to be a solo, you know, a solo spreader dealer. And, a, and so we're going to have, you know, the solo, uh, again, my favorite spreader. I mean, I, I, I'm going to sell what I like because I know They're they amazing. work. Yeah. You know, and so we're going to have, you know, we're going to have solo spreaders. Um, I, I've sold out of the ones I've, I had. I had three of them. I sold those already. And, you know, solo backpack sprayers and, um, you know, try to get into a, a few, you know, I, I don't have a ton of room for, for, for you know, that stuff. But we're going to have some, some really key stuff on hand that people, you know, that I know works that people are going to, you know, uh, add to their to the program. So. Um, and then you know we've got a few a few units that we can have on display so people can kick them, touch them, feel them, look at them, you know, before they buy them. And and um, so yeah, it's it's a good a good thing for us. So no, that's awesome. I'm glad you guys are enjoying your new digs over there. Being right by the highway is pretty awesome. And and solo spreaders, yep. I've been using those for a long time. It's high quality stuff. So. Are you guys? Oh yeah, love it. Well, what else you guys can get into over there? Do you have? Uh, I think you said you have some food plot seed or something else. What else are you guys doing over there? So we're gonna we're gonna have. Uh, so I think uh, Nations Creations uh, Habitat Hook. Uh, I think they're a sponsor. Also, yes, they aren't are, we? aren't they? Yep. Yeah. So Nick's. Uh, um, I, I had a couple, uh, and I've already sold those. Matter of fact, the very first customer that came through my door here bought one <laughs> and, and uh so we're gonna have some habitat hooks and um uh, food plot seed you know the solo spreaders um I'm, I'm thinking i'm trying to get in some sort of a, a water hole you know a portable water or a, a man-made water hole 
like the Earthwave line uh, yeah. water hole. I, I bought one from Nick, and I'm telling you, they are awesome. And if I could lo- offer them locally, I think people would really like those things. They're, they're, I get, I mean, the deer just, they're so natural. It's crazy. Like, I mean, they were using it the first day. And, and you know, that was when there was water all over the property. So um, it's crazy. Yeah, I know uh, so, we just talked about watering holes and, and ponds and um, mm-hmm. the type of situation on the podcast uh, just last episode so or two episodes ago. Yep. So that's uh, be a nice little those those earthway ones are, are pretty darn nice. Yeah, they're 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 super nice. They're they're I mean they're just very natural looking, and uh, I mean I've got deer standing right in the you know standing in it you know so it's kind of neat. So, but yeah, other than that, you know, we're going to, it's going to be mainly, you know, mainly the, the, the Packer Max, but, uh, again, if somebody's stopping in to, to pick up a Packer Max and I've, you know, and they need seed, obviously, you know, why not make it a one-stop shop and, and, uh, get them taken care of. So for sure. So Lake, and with all that you got going on, uh, not that you have room on your plate for anything else, but. Tell us a little bit about the realtor business. Well, so yeah, so I, 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 I and it's it's kind of a funny because I I sold my first property, um, on the Friday before they closed everything for COVID. <laughs> so, and I wasn't even I wasn't even allowed to practice real estate during that time, and so. Um, in all honesty, it hasn't, it hasn't, uh, I haven't really been able to do a lot with it, um, just because of the lockdown. And, you know, now that we're, they, they were a couple of weeks ago, they, they opened real estate back up. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously we're, we're working that, but, um, uh, I've been so busy with Packer Max that, that I really, you know, I just, I really haven't had an opportunity to, to do a heck of a lot with it now. Um, I'm getting a lot of people, you know, several people that have that have reached out and said, "Hey, you know, keep your eyes open for properties. Uh, there's a lot of good properties out there right now." So, so I think uh, I think that's probably going to start taking off again too. Now that now that things are open back up, so yeah, I'm, I'm selling real estate for Stony Creek property, and we're looking at uh, hopefully uh, Chad, as I believe uh, we're we're also a sponsor now of the Correct. podcast. Correct. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah. So, um, so with Stony Creek, hopefully, um, in the very near future, uh, we're going to be able to uh, have a reach into uh, Ohio and possibly Indiana. So we're pretty excited about that, and uh, it'll just expand the offering. We'll, that we'll be able to, you know, we'll be able to reach down into those into those states for people that want to. You know, get out of Michigan and um, you know, kind of expand their horizons. So, so that's going to be a great, a great opportunity for us too moving forward. So, yeah, things have been slow around here too. I got my farm up for sale, and we've had a few people look, but I noticed since the restrictions are starting to lift, we're getting a lot more interest. So, hopefully, that'll yeah. pick them back up for everybody here soon. Yeah, definitely. I, I hope so because I think you know it's a great it's a great opportunity too. You know, for for connecting people to you know to their dream properties and and um, you know that's that's it's just a lot of fun when you're 
you know that. And again, I've I've only I've technic I've only sold one, but you know it's it's cool to to bring people to these properties and show them and and you know get to walk them and learn different things about different properties and and uh, you know connect people with that with that dream property that they've been looking for so hard. So yeah, it's going to be pretty cool. I'm excited about that too. Yeah, Link, I'm, I'm pretty excited to see you jumping on there with Chad, and, and congratulations on that first sale. It's, uh, yeah, thank I'm you. Sure, I'm thank sure you. that was a nice uh, feather in the cap, you know. So good for yeah, you. Yeah, yep. Hopefully, there's much more to come. So, like I said, it's it's been it, the timing of it was was just bad because you know all of a sudden we start rocking and then boom, we get the carpet jerked out from underneath us and and yeah. uh, but you know it's it's slowly getting put back under. So hopefully uh, we'll be able to we'll be able to keep that ball rolling. You know, timing for you and and everybody else, right? I, I mean, it didn't help yep. anybody. So, I no, think, no, um, it was just it was just a bad deal all the way around. So yeah, yeah. Um, well, the reason we wanted to chat tonight was was food plots, summer fall mm-hmm. food plots. Uh, you and I have been texting a little bit. I was out in my property today. I was um, checking on some clover that I I had with clethodum. About three weeks ago, killed some grasses mm-hmm. out of there. I, I hit some glyphosate today, um, working on a, a little kill plot and, and just getting the first spraying done for for fall. I know you know planting time's going to be here before we know it. Um, yep. What have you been up to in the food plot was? Well, my food plot um, time has been very limited because of you know the Packer Max thing being absolutely crazy. And so um, we are we are running behind schedule as you know it was very typical <laughs> and so so we're scrambling a little bit but what we've done you know the, the nice thing is is the way we with the way we do it you know in the fall is we plant our you know our cereal grains in our hunting plots and you know we always top seed them with with Northwoods red clover and um, uh, you know you've got you've got the following spring, we've got all that, you know, all that red clover pops. We use red clover just because it's, you know, our it's it's very tolerant of our soils in uh, in you know sandy New Angle County soil here in Michigan, so it works really well. And uh, so then we basically and, and is that a perennial or is that a, an annual? Yes, yeah, perennial. Yep, pops in medium the red perennial. Clover. Okay, gotcha. Yep, yep, pops in the spring, and so so we have those rye heads coming up in the spring or winter wheat heads. And then we've got all that that rye growing amongst you know those rye heads or all that clover growing amongst the rye heads. So those the the deer really really like those. They just feel so comfortable feeding in that in that taller rye heads with all that clover down below. Plus it 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 does help to to kind of shade out that clover or the clover to keeps it from drying out in this this hot you know nasty heat that we've had. So. Um, so I've been fortunate in that regard where I haven't had to do a lot of, you know, spring plot because we've got all our, you know, we've got all those clover plots kicking. And then, you know, we have treated them. We've mowed a couple, and then I treated a, I treated one with clothodome. And um, and then another plot that we have, uh, you know, Jeff Sturgis has been such a huge advocate for, you know, my company and for, um, uh, you know, this no-till system that he put together. And so we are – 
we did experiment. Uh, we've done some experimenting with no-till, but we're doing the buckwheat, the buckwheat system this year. And uh, a couple weeks ago, we went and sprayed my pond plot. I call it the pond plot. It's a one-acre plot right by our pond. And I hit it with uh, with glyphosate and, uh, and, and a clethodone mixture and just nuked it. And uh, so now and I, I, got, I have to wait a couple of weeks because, uh, you know, you can't plant after you do the clethodone right away. So so we're, uh, we're waiting another week, and then I'm going to plant my buckwheat and get that going. And hopefully by that first week of September, I'll be able to get, um, you know, 8 or 12 or 12 or, you know, around a foot of growth out of my buckwheat, maybe a little more. And then we're gonna, you know, we're gonna we're gonna broadcast everything into that buckwheat and crush it down with the Packer Max, and uh, you know we'll see what happens. So okay, um, I'm excited so about, about I, trying that. I have a couple quick questions for you. Let's break that down a little bit. Um, yep. The the clethodome, how long does that stay in the soil for? Uh, you know, residually before you can plant. Is it a couple of weeks or? Um. So. They, I'm told we should wait. You should wait 30 days after after spring. Okay. Good to, to replant. So good to know. Okay. Yep. yep. And, and then uh, you know, and then go ahead. It, it really gives you a good burn down when you when you mix it with with glyphosate. Yeah. I mean, it's just like we have this, we have this grass. I don't even know what it is to be honest with you. It's like we call it swamp grass, but this stuff is so prolific and it just is a pain in our butt. And when we just hit it with with uh, glyphosate, it it just does not it it comes back. And when we, yep. when we mix with glyphosate, it I mean it just it nukes it. And so um, we're hoping by using the snow till system that we're not going to be uh, you know regurgitating all that all that seed in the seed bank uh, from sure. that grass. You know, and that's. That's one of the big, one of the biggest reasons why we're where we're trying, you know, this is just to try to eliminate some of that grass and um, that we battle so much. Yeah. So really excited to see how that works out. I know Jeff's been using it for years. We've we've done a, a kind of a modified a modified program of that um, with just with just that swamp grass. We killed it when it was about a foot tall, and then. You know, broadcast our 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 seed and our fertilizer and lime into that, and then just pack the snot out of it. And um, you know, back and forth. You know, we did the, the like a checker or a, a tic tac toe pattern, and uh, it really worked well. So I, I have no doubt that this buckwheat is going to be a game changer. Plus, you know, we're we're sandy New Diego County soil, so we're you know we we need to get that that uh, organic matter. Uh, you know, we need to start building our soils from the top down, and I'm, I'm really, I'm really starting to buy into that a lot. And you know, you're, you know, you're not. And if you do till, you know, we're like some of the plots that we're tilling. We're only, you know, we're just, we're only setting that tiller, so it's only going in an inch or two. It's not getting in much. And um, I just, I'm, I really think that's important for that that biodiversity in your soil, you know, to to, to keep from destroying that. So. Yeah, I think so I you're think, uh, 100% yeah. correct on that. I know uh, I'm in the same boat, and I'm doing the, the same sort of program this fall uh, mm-hmm. to, to an extent. I don't have Sturgis' uh, uh, program memorized, so help me out here. Why are you planting the buckwheat, you know, 
a month or three weeks before you're going to roll it down again. What, what's the point of that versus what you said just a minute ago where you killed and sprayed your swamp grass and laid that down as mm-hmm. the thatch? Well, the buckwheat is um, its probably one of the best, uh, fat, basically, thatches that you could – because if the, it's, it's, it's stemmy. And it and it's not and then there's but yet there's a lot of organic material with it. You know, you get the you get that green matter and once yep. you lay it all down, that's all gonna break down and it's okay. not gonna put but it's not gonna put too much um you know, shade down on the soil either. So you're still gonna you're still gonna have um you're not gonna smother your you know, your seed, basically. Okay, I got you. So it's kind of a perfect mulch layer type crop yep. to lay over your your planted or your broadcast yep. seeds. Yep. And then, and then again you're you're putting that, you know, you're putting all that all that organic matter and buckwheat is a great soil builder. As, you know, most most people know, you know that, that it's just if you want to improve your soil plant buckwheat and uh, when you're when you're laying it down and just letting it decompose on the surface, you know, like I said you're building your soil from the top down and you're you're not you know you're not disturbing um, you know, all the microorganisms and the birthworms yeah. and everything else. So, so, um, and I'm, and I'm, you know, I own a food plot company, you know, my, 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 you know, my main product is, you know, is the Packer Max, obviously. And, but I'm still learning as I go to, <laughs> you know, and yeah. so, uh, I don't ever claim to know everything, but, you know, I certainly have tried a lot of different stuff and I've learned by trial and error and, um, you know, I've been through the University of Hard Knocks with food plots, and uh, I don't always do everything right, that's for sure. Uh, but I sure have learned a lot along the way. So, and But I'm always willing to learn and try new things, too. So, Well, I think um, I think you're on the right path based on everything I read, talk to people about, and, and watch, and yep. et cetera. I know we talked with Chad from Stony Creek on the, the trivia last week, and we covered yep. this stuff to, this stuff fairly in depth, and I'm I'm doing the same this year. I'm uh I'm leaving my clover plot where it came up from from last year. It's looking really nice. I'm gonna leave that, mm-hmm. and the rest I'm gonna try to use my packer as a roller crimper and just um, broadcast and yep. and and no till if you will. I've done it in the past yep. and, and it has worked, so I know it'll work. It's just yeah. Uh, yeah, you, yeah no, you, you have to get that pretty good luck with it. Yeah, you, you've had some good, good luck with it, and I think one of the, one of the things too, like like right now, like the last last year was everybody had this, you know, it was super wet last year. Well, right. I'm gonna say by and large, most of the time, it's the opposite problem. It's always a, a lack of moisture that that people struggle with, and by doing that and not tilling your soil and laying that thatch down over it. Um, I think it was Grant Woods who did a um, – he took his uh, his thatch and pulled it aside and took one of those uh, temperature gauges. Yes, he did. Yep. And I forget what – yeah, I forget what the what the temperature difference – it was like it was like 40 degrees difference from bare soil to the soil underneath the thatch. And I, that got me thinking, like, huh, <laughs> you know, when I'm when I'm just – you know, and, and and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with tilling your soil and you know and planting. I'm going to say probably 80% of your food plotters, that's probably what they're going to do. They're going to till, 
there's you know there's stuff in and they're going to broadcast they're going to pack you know with the packer max and and they're going to have great plots but um you know just trying to trying to improve the soil textures and everything else you know i think this is a really good way to go so yeah i I, I think a lot of guys are you know they're going to stick to the conventional way because they have the tools they they know it works it doesn't look all weedy. It looks right. pristine. It looks it looks wonderful. And and I'm yep. hey, I still have my disc ready to go. You know, yep. I, I, I'm in the same Absolutely. boat. It's just yep. it's, we it's just sand, well, we just it's sandy soil. Spent, you know, you know. Yeah, we just spent a whole pile of money last year on a brand new woods till, uh, tiller. You know, and uh, we bought the best tiller, in my opinion, money can buy, so that we didn't have to worry about it for you know hopefully ten or twelve years. But um, you know, we're, and we're still going to use it and, you know, we're just maybe using it in a little bit different fashion, you know, with light tillage. And I, I, I still like tilling my, my, uh, lime and my fertilizer in. I, I, I still like doing that because I'm, I'm, I know that, you know, when you just broadcast nitrogen onto, you know, the soil, it can evaporate and uh, you can lose some of it. So, uh, I like tilling every, I, you know, I till it in a little bit. So, but again, you know, we're, we're trying some new stuff and, uh, uh, I think it's going to work out really well. And I think, I don't think there's a, a one size fits all for everybody. I think everybody is going to have a little bit different situation. So, um, I think, every, you know, you got to kind of, kind of adapt and, and, uh, try some different stuff. So. Now, what type of, uh, seed mix are you throwing into that thatch besides the medium red clover? Anything else? So I, I'm a I'm a huge fan of, of cereal grains. Um, I I always have been. They I think a lot of times people try to get a little too fancy with their food plot blends, and um, I just I just love a winter rye is a is a workhorse. Um, I always like to have some winter wheat in there and oats, um, and then. Um, Five Two Outdoors has this. Uh, it's called the the grain bin, and then they also have so they have what they have wheat, rye, oats, and then and and uh, peas. And then I'm still gonna I'm gonna use that, and I'm still gonna top seed with red clover. So and then and then pack it in and call it a day. Very nice. Yeah, I know Dale's been working hard on some some good mixes down there over at Five Two for sure. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, he's got some good, you know, and then it's it's good quality seed. So, um, you know, we're carrying we're carrying that as well. So I, you know, and and I, there's there's a lot of great food plot companies out there, and I try to, you know, um, I don't use a specifically one food plot seed. I mean, I I use a, a, a you know a few different types of seed and from different companies. Like I've always liked the you know the um, I think I mentioned this before. I like that Green Patch Plus from Biologic, and right. it's 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 a good blend, and I've had really good success with it. The deer seem to really really like it, and uh, I always add my my cereal rye into that blend, and and man, it really has done it's done well. So, but Dale's you know that that uh, that grain bin is is very similar to that, and then you, you, I just add my own my own you know red clovers and i'll probably throw some brassicas in there just for you know just for kicks too but get that little extra tonnage but uh but yeah so you know there's there's just uh i'm not a i'm not a one food plot seed guy i think there's a 
a lot of really great seed out there. Um, and, you know, I think every everybody's got a different soil texture and, you know, different seeds that are going to work really well for them. But, but by and large, that, that uh, for my hunting class, I love cereal grains. And they, they stand up the browse pressure really, really well which we struggle with because we do have a high deer density, uh, higher than we like. We shoot the crap out of our does, and we still got too many. So um, that's one of the things that you and I had talked about was, you know, uh, food plot protection and how how guys have been protecting their food plots from being over-browsed and letting them, you know, especially turnips and beans, um, you know, how they how they protect them to keep them from being over-browsed. So, Yes, and I, wa- I wanted to get into that for sure. I've, right before that, I want to hear uh, yep. from from Brian. I'm curious to what Brian's been doing on the lease down there in Ohio. Link, I'm not sure if you've heard or not, but Brian has got onto a uh, an, an Ohio lease, Southern Ohio lease. He has his northern yeah, Ohio property. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's he's uh, yeah he's <laughs> he's strutting all over town with that chest puffed up, isn't he? Yeah, I'm sure he is. <laughs> hey Brian, why don't you tell us about your sweet honey hole lease you got down there and how you're how you're food plotting it this year? Man, I don't know if you can put any more pressure on me. I'm gonna have to really come through this year or I'll be doing the walk of shame, no doubt. <laughs> right. Um, no, it's it's been slow down there because we had a good month of no rain. It it's been really dry here. And we were trying to get some late beans planted. Uh, we decided not to because we didn't want to take the chance of them not germinating and then germinating too late. So uh, we decided just to hold off onto that. Um, the alfalfa, I haven't checked on it lately. I'm hoping with that thatch layer from the uh, when we sprayed it and then broadcasted it that it it kept some of the moisture there. And uh, we're probably going to do you know those tried and true fall mixes that I like. I really like that uh, rye and oats and red clover and groundhog radish mix. Uh, that's always yep. a, a good performer for us. And uh, we've got two other spots to plant down the lease for that. Uh, also, uh, my buddy Chris that's with me tonight, he's got permission on a uh, property just down the road from our homes in uh, Pennsylvania here. And there's a, I guess it's about a half acre. We just got permission to put a half acre plot on this guy's property and uh, probably do that similar mix there. And uh, that's that's probably going to be about it. We're, we're going to be short on the greens, but we'll do the the winter greens for sure. The rye and the oats ought to ought to keep that attraction going for us late. And uh, the radishes hopefully will pull them in later for sure. Yeah, that's a good plan. Solid plan. Have you guys? So, how is your how is your screen doing? And I got to tell you, we we got our. And again, it's a whole timing thing. But we we planted our screen this year, and it rained one time, and it germinated, and then it hasn't rained since. And it is, uh, I'm going to call it of almost a complete loss. Really. Yeah. yeah. So, I, how's your how's your screen doing, Brian? Are you planting any down there? Any border patrol or anything? Yeah, I got some border patrol going at my forty. That's up for sale. 
it's it's kind of funny you talk about timing and, and the weather patterns. Um, last year, I was dealing with all kind of grasses in mine, and I couldn't spray them, obviously, because it would kill all the stuff that's in the screen. And this year, with, with the, the lack of rain that we had in the spring, I was battling ragweed, but that was an easy fix. I just hit it with uh, 2,4-D, and uh, yep. that, that gave that screen a, a real good jump, and, and I hit it with some nitrogen right after that. So it's it's not doing too bad. Yeah. Good, and good deal. That's good to hear. I'm, I'm moving into Cave and Rock Switchgrass for all my screens from here on out. Um, but I do have uh, a friend of mine who we're, who we're writing a habitat plan for and whatnot, and I got some Border Patrol, which is an annual screen uh, by Killer Food Plots, put in. And it took about a week before it rained, and, I'm, and we're putting it in soil that's been worked, beans, 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 corn, bean, for the last, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You guys know that soil I'm talking about? You pick it up, it's like gray. And it just crumbles, yep. and there's there's nothing to it. So yep. that's what that's what we planted it in, and it was probably about let's see, probably a month ago already, and we're about probably two foot on on a lot of it. We planted about a half acre of it, and that stuff just loves the the dry heat though. So obviously you need that yeah. r- that rain every now and then, especially off the bat to germinate and to come up. We've right. had. We've had two or three rains, but that heat as well. I mean, that stuff, as Nick always says, it just takes off in the heat. And um, while you think it's a slow start, by the time August and September gets here, it's usually looking pretty good. So we're we're sitting okay at the moment, but um, I wish my switchgrass looked uh, looked a little more, (laughs) looked a little better than 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 I. than it does. It has a little more competition yeah. in it than than I'd like it to for year one. So I think I'm gonna have to hit that with some two four D come come August first. But um, screens are important. Yeah, it's very good to get them in. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. And we're we're I'm 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 it's killing me that we're that we're not. I mean, I mean, like I said, we're we're a complete pretty much a complete loss. And then uh, what did a little bit did germinate. Um, the deer have moved in and nipped the tops out of it, and um, oh, so I don't know. How, yeah, I don't know that we're going to get anything. So it sucks because you know we've got like our four acre plot. We like to cut that down into into one acre sections and have a kind of a you know give a lot of a lot of nice edge, and it's just not going to happen this year. So and it really sucks. And so one of the reasons we like doing that is because the bucks have to literally go through and check, you know, they have to travel through those sections to check for does when they're cruising. And otherwise, right now, they can just step out <laughs> under the edge of the edge of the swamp and take a peek and, you know, on their merry way. So I'm really disappointed that we're not going to have any screen, or at least it's not looking like we're going to. So. so, Brian, here's a question for you. Um, Brian kind of got me on to using Egyptian wheat as, like, a screen saver. Uh, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know <laughs> if it's too late for that or if that's even an option. Brian, what's your thoughts on that? You remember you telling me about that? Yeah, it's getting a little bit late for that, especially as far north as you are. It'd be kind of tough to okay. get anything yeah. of any height at this point. 
Yeah, it'd be it'd be it'd be tough. We we thought about replanting. I had I have a you know because we don't use a full bag. Like I had you know a bag of uh, or the rest of the border patrol left, and I was gonna throw some in there. And my buddy's like, I wouldn't even waste your time at this point. He said you might get knee you know knee high. And I said, well, it'd be a little edge, I suppose, if you yeah. know, nothing else. And and uh, so you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully we can get get something going but yeah it's just it's too bad so and again it's it's a it's a whole timing thing you know if we'd have planted it uh two weeks prior you know we had all kinds of freaking rain it would have been perfect you know and right. then then you get that dry heat that it likes so much man we'd have been sitting sitting solid but it just that's the problem with food plotting you do it when you can and you know you that's why you have to kind of stack the deck in your favor and anytime you can and and uh, it just the timing just did not work for us this time i've often said if you want a dry like if you if you want things to dry out just have me plant something and it won't <laughs> rain for at least a month <laughs> i'm not right. lying dude i've been telling you, you know if i plant you better, you, you better get it ready for some hot dry weather <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna write that down don't call lincoln to plant my food plots okay <laughs> Right. Don't let him know you're planting. <laughs> well, you uh, you you mentioned something there that the deer are coming in and, and nipping the tops off your screen, and and you know you you mm-hmm. you kind of touched on it earlier before. I wanted to talk to Brian real quick. Let's talk about yep. how to protect your food plots while you know getting them established or or getting them growing up for for this fall. Um, Go ahead and, and lay it on me. What are you doing to protect yours, and you know, what are you seeing these days? Yeah, so, you know, this is a question that I see a lot on food plot on food plot uh, pages on Facebook. You know, what are you using to, because, to, you know, we've all we've all had it, especially with, you know, with soybeans or, uh, um, you know, turnips, brassicas. Now, it depends on where you're at with brassicas, like, you know, I know down here in southern Michigan, it's not as big of a problem with turnips. They just don't simply don't, you know, don't touch them, you know, in the early growth stages. But up by us, you know, in Nuego, uh, we plant brassicas, man, they're they're pounding them as soon as they're, you know, four inches tall. And so we've gone to, um, I've got a couple different videos out there on my on my uh, page, but you, you know we've gone to a, a dual perimeter electric fence setup, and I get I get lots lots of questions about how you know wh- how that works and 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 how to how to set it up. So I thought it'd be pretty pretty cool to you know to kind of touch on that for a little bit, just because I know it's a a, a problem with over browsing early on turnips and beans. A lot of times they don't get a, you know, they just never get a chance to, to grow because the deer just mow them down. So, um, so with that said, you know, we, we, we do, uh, we, we, and I, and I, there, I know there's a couple different systems out there, but we've, we've done our own, um, you know, we buy the, the fiberglass stakes from Tractor Supply, um, you know, the ones with the little, with the black tabs on them. And, um, and then the foot, it's got a little foot you know, push, so you can push them with your foot into the ground. Um, so we bought a, just a whole bunch of those. We, we actually have enough to go around four acres. And, um, yeah, and I mean, if we don't do it, we're, we will not have a turnip crop. It, they, they will annihilate every turnip plant in that field 
in in, a, in in three to four weeks. And so, um, the first year we did it, we only had the outside perimeter uh, wire hot. So you use you use the, the electric tape, you know, the electric fence tape. Uh, we usually get half inch tape, and then um, the outside strand you put at about 15 inches off the ground, 15 to 18 inches off the ground. And then you go in 36 inches, you put your next stake, and then you put that that stake 36 inches off the ground. And so, and then we also, instead of just uh, with using that tape, instead of uh, just spooling off so that it's flat, we actually we actually let it come off the spool off the end, um, like if you were doing a spinning reel on your fishing pole, you just, you know, you take your line that come, peels off the end, well, because we want that twist in that line or in that uh, in that electric tape. And you get a corkscrew effect with that and the slightest breeze, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I guess, I so guess maybe run it by me, for, just for me one more time. So you're, you're hitting these stakes in, you're are you doing two rows or are you offsetting them? You're doing two rows. So, okay. so you're so and we and ju- this is just how we how the, the the spacing that we use. We use 15 paces in between stakes. If you know okay. once you go around the perimeter, and then and then and then you put basically we just take another stake and lay it down because that's about three feet, and then you put another stake at the tip of that one. Okay. So you got two stakes. Two stakes, one outside, one inside, and then we do it every 15 paces. Okay. And then you take your your half inch or three quarter inch, whatever you prefer, uh, electric tape, and then you you spool it. You let it come off the end of the spool instead of just like let instead of like putting a stick through it and, and you know spooling it that way. Yep. Because then it's twisted, and then the slightest breeze gives you that corkscrew. And your, your your main objective is to screw with these deer's eyes, and so they get that little corkscrew action, and then they have a, a two of the dual perimeter. So you've got the outside uh, tape at, at you know 18 inches off the ground, and everybody's going, well, what's that going to do to keep a deer out? Well, their depth perception is horrible, and so they actually have to they're, they're, they 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 don't know how far to jump, so they they nod they nose up to that outside wire to try to gauge it, and then they get smoked. Gotcha. And I'm getting it's it game over. They will not they will not cross that, and so they 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 won't jump it because they don't know how far they got to jump. And then they get electrocuted <laughs> when they do try to try to figure it out. And I was freaking out because one we we do not get very many ten point bucks, like maybe one. In ten years on our property, we 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 they just we get eights and nines and and sevens and ten points are very hard to come by. And so, one of the first ten point bucks that we've been able to lock down walked out in the field just after we put that dual perimeter electric fence up. And I'm like, oh no, we're gonna lose this buck. You know, he's gonna he's gonna get smoked and he's never gonna come back. So he he noses up to the outside wire. He gets smoked takes off like a bat out of hell and i'm like well that's the last time we're going to see him and i'm like you know crap i that's not what i wanted to happen 
and 15 minutes later he was back in the field grazing on the clover behind the behind the turnip field. So, wow. uh, you know, so I, I it was like, okay, well that's that's good. That showed me what I needed to know, and um, and then not one. In, in, in the, the 45 days, 50, no, it was actually probably closer to 60 days that we had that that fence around our turnips. We never had one single deer track in that turnips field. Wow. And we had some of the most beautiful turnips you've ever seen in your life. I mean, they were just incredible. And had we not protected them, it would have been a field of dirt because once, you know, the plant's gone, that's it. And, sure. Um, so... And we've done the same thing with, you know, with soybeans, um, you know, to where we planted them and, and they move in and they just annihilate the whole field and you get some straggly little beans and that's about it. And then oh, you yeah. protect them. And next thing you know, you got, you got you know, thigh-high beans that are just, you know, covered with this high-protein, you know, uh, vegetation. And then, then you can turn them loose on them. And then they, you know, obviously they put some browse pressure on, but then you still get a really good bean pod too at that point. So, sure, it's really, really worked well for us that dual perimeter electric fence. And we use we use a deep cycle battery, and then put a, a solar charger on it. And um, one of the big keys once you get everything placed is to make sure that you use like two really good uh, ground rods. Because if you don't ground them and ground them well, they won't operate uh, effectively. So, and then another another trick is we always we like to to, to use a, a fencer that's like a ten mile fencer uh, with at least two jowls. Okay. Um, you if they know it's up to it, you want them to get you know you want them to get hammered. So. Uh, now, Lincoln, is that, it's, is that like a? Go ahead, finish your thought there. No, go ahead. I'm I'm good. I was just curious if that was like a kit that you bought that's all in in all inclusive, or is that something you pieced together from like the farm and fleet store? Yeah, we pieced it together from Tractor Supply. We got our fencer there. We got, and I actually bought my my tape, my fencer tape, um, on eBay. You can get like 1,340 foot spool of it for like 40 bucks. And okay. um, wow. And then, and then the uh, the fiberglass stakes that you buy at Tractor Supply, they're like a buck ninety eight a piece, and I think that we bought somewhere around a hundred of them to go around four acres at fifteen foot. You know, you got two, so you got two stakes every fifteen paces, and gotcha. um, I think we bought somewhere around a hundred of those. And so, and then you got a, a marine. I just took a, a, a marine deep cycle battery. You know, from the, from the uh, like AutoZone, and then put a put a charger, you know, a solar charger on it, and it just trickle charges it, and um, it just works like a champ, man. It really works well. And I, you know, I we we did use the plot saver tape for a while, but once our deer figured it out, like I could spray it and go into the cabin and look back out in the field a half hour later, and there'd be deer walking under the fence. It's like, okay, well that didn't work. And, right. Um, you know, so then we we had to we had to upgrade to a uh, you know to this fence this electric fence and um, I I do not know how farmers grow anything in our area I really don't well they don't <laughs> there's very few farm fields around but 
How they get anything to grow, I don't know. I mean, it's just insane, especially beans, because the deer just annihilate them things and, and our turnips too. So um, so I do understand how farmers are frustrated with deer sometimes. <laughs> oh, yeah, no doubt. But, uh, but it's been a really good system that's worked well for us. And, you know, and, and you know, and, and again, a lot of people ask me, well, when you take it down, how long does it take for, you know, to, for the deer to move back in? Well, about one day is the answer. You take that fence down and they're looking at this incredible field of, you know, beautiful forage and they'll walk right into it and start eating. It, it has not, I mean, we have had no negative effects after we take the fence down whatsoever, so. So, Link, total ballpark to fence in, I know you bought enough for four acres. Uh, how, how about one acre? What are we looking at for, for that? Would you would you put us in a ballpark? Um, time you buy the fencer, take the battery, like 1,340 feet, you'd have to, you'd have to calculate your perimeter. Uh, might get you around it twice because you need to go around it at least twice. Now, last year or two years ago, we actually bought enough tape to do an, an outside strand and two inside strands. So you got one at 36 inches and then another one down at 18 inches. Um, I can't say that it worked better than, than when we just had the two strands, the one on the outside and the one on the inside or not. But uh, I'm going to say for an acre, You'd have, um, I'm going to guess, probably around $300. That is not uh, bad not for bad. one acre. No. No. And if you, like I said, if you if you buy your tape on eBay, I mean, it's cheap. Like I said, you 1340 feet for 40 bucks, And then those those stakes at TSC are, you know, like I said, I think they're around a buck 90 or buck 98, something like that. Um, and then you can get a fencer for, you know, 125 bucks. And uh, a battery. I mean, you could take the battery out of your, your trolling motor, battery out of your boat for the fall. If you, want to. you know what I mean? Like, uh, it doesn't have to be any any spectacular battery. It just needs to be a deep cycle that'll take a trickle charge off a solar panel. And solar panels are, you know, you can buy a decent solar panel for for twenty bucks. So, um, no, so it's not, not a huge investment. And you know, the nice part about it is too is once you once you take it down. You know, we built a little a little uh, a spool that goes onto one of our cordless drills, and we just walk along with the cordless drill and spool it back up. It works looks very nice. like a champ. So we're able to reuse it, you know, year to year. And um, you know, uh, I mean, it's just been it's been a game changer for our you know for any time we want to plant you know soybeans or turnips that we don't want them to be over browsed. And you know, like I said, we. We shot 13 does one year, uh, not too long ago, and it, it, I mean, it barely put a dent in our in our doe population. Just for whatever reason, people in the area don't shoot a lot of does, unfortunately, and uh, they shoot a lot of little bucks. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's a that's another story for for another day. There, I hear you there. Right? Yeah, I I grew up hunting over there, so I understand. Um, yeah. Now, answer me this. When you get the, the fence all hooked up, who's the lucky yep. guy who gets to grab it and see if it works? <laughs> well, I've got a little video of that, of me doing that as well. And <laughs> I, I went to the opposite side of the field, and, you know, the, the fence has the, it, it pulses. 
And so the first time I touched it, I was like, oh, crap, it's not working. So then I reached down and touched it again, and then I got rocked. <laughs> so, yeah, it's working. <laughs> all right. All right. Great to know. I think that's uh, that's pretty important. I know if I could get myself some soybeans planted and done right, which I haven't had the guts to try yet, um, and, I could, and I could fence those off, it could be pretty deadly come come December. Um I just, well, uh, the other thing, the other thing you can do with that, Jared, is you can, you know, once your once your beans, you know, if you get a really nice bean crop and some good and some good pods going, uh, you know, you can you can broadcast cereal grain, uh, you know, like the rye into that when it once it starts to defoliate. For sure. Um, so then you then you've got a double whammy. Or you can you can even add in some you know you could add in some brassicas and get some you know some good green green in there too, and maybe some clovers you know whatever and so you'll have you know great bean pods for you know for later season plus you'll have that green attraction too so no, that uh, sounds that sounds pretty great to me I, yeah the only issue I have is after after gun season after week one of gun season it's pretty pretty desolate for a, for a few around there so i have to wait for some some pressure to let up some cold weather and then right. at that time it's, it's kind of a gamble but no I, i'm yep. glad you you brought that subject up uh, the other day and i think that's a a budget ready way to to do this thing and we're all about that i yep. mean we all have yeah for sure lives and wives and kids and everything else to pay for so i appreciate that yep live lives and wives and yeah you know and, it, and it's it's a it's a great way to, to do it it's not a super expensive yeah you're going to have a little investment but that investment's going to last you several years too and oh um, yeah you know uh, in the benefits of it like i said i see that question so many times i've shared my video of my dual perimeter electric fence i've shared that video i bet you 200 times with people that ask me about it and you know like it's so simple and you you think why does this work <laughs> you know and uh, but it works like a charm it really does and and the deer just um it there's no like i said there's no negative effects you know uh down the road once they you know once you take that down i mean it's they're they're right back on it you know i mean they're not stupid it's yeah it's a it's a good it's a it's a great uh food source for them and you know they're going to get right after it so so Jared brought up the point about planting beans the right way, and I, I think you might have an answer for that, Lincoln. What what do you got going on in the works here at Packer Max for something maybe we can crimp or get Jared some nice uh, seed bed for his broadcasting <laughs> beans? Well, Jared and I, this goes back, I don't know, a year or two ago uh, when Jared started using Packer Max in a crimping fashion. Correct. And we got we got our hands slapped for calling it a crimper when really we really didn't oh, no. call it a crimper. The word police. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> right. And so, uh, but what we've got going on is we are this this, and we're going to do this over the winter just because right now obviously it's a crazy time of year for us and we're not going to have time to to put any time into it now. Um, earlier this year we did launch the wheel kit for the HD the Packer Max HD. And so that was been right. uh, a huge undertaking to try to get it designed and prototyped and 
it's as simple as it seems. You have to make sure everything's right. You have to make sure it's going to withstand, you know, the the, the weight. And um, so we got that launched this year. So we have the you know the wheel kit, which is a, a great addition to the product. Uh, and it's been going. I mean, we've been selling them like crazy. And um, so with that same type of design in mind, we're gonna we're gonna actually start working on a crimper. Um, an actual crimper cage that's going to mount above the Packer Max um, drum, and then you literally would flip it over just like you would with the wheel kit, and you're going to be able to use that uh, as a crimper. And you're, you you'll use the weight of the water-filled drum to you know as your as your weight for the crimper. Um, very and you'll nice. be able to transport it to and from your, you know, you just have you just have to pull it, you know, on the drum to and from your food plot area. Um, but then, uh, yeah, so I'm really excited about it. We've got some, you know, some some designs in mind. Uh, just some, some, you know, I mean, just super, you know, simple hand drawings that we've been kind of looking at with my with my designers, and you know, they're going to have to obviously do the the engineering and figure out, you know, what's thickness of metal and, you know, how we're going to do this crimper cage um, light enough to where I can still put it in a box and ship it across the country. Um, and it's going to be have to be at a price point. Um, you know, we're going to try to keep it at a, at a great price point where, you know, you're going to be able to get into it and and then also add it to an existing Packer Mass heavy-duty unit. So, you know, if you have that unit already, you'll be able to add it to it, and which will be a huge benefit. And so you'll have a call to packer crimper all in one, and uh, we're super excited about getting this thing designed and out there because I, I think it's uh, I think it's going to be very well received and a very useful tool for exactly that. So yeah, I so we'll think uh, I think Brian and I are going to have to sell our our standard units and and move on up to the HD <laughs> for for the uh, crimper. <laughs> Donald Lincoln, you just right cost on. me like eight hundred bucks. Shoot. I know, I know a guy that could probably, you know, hook you up. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I think um, I think the fact that you're you're innovating, you're you're seeing a need in the market, which you know we talked about. Um, yep. We talked about making a new mold for your Packer Max drum, essentially, and that's that's you know if anybody knows uh, plastics or any sort of molding, molds are not cheap. Um, nope. But the fact that you came up with an idea to go in addition to the Packer is pretty darn sweet. Um, if anybody's seen... You. Yeah, you bet. If anybody's seen the video, I put up a video on our Habitat Podcast YouTube about using the Packer as a roller crimper. Uh, again, more of a roller, not a crimper for uh, anybody who's picky. I think I put ATV roller <laughs> crimper using Cult of Packer was the name. And yep. I mean, there's like couple thousand views on that so you obviously know there's a need out there for people who are trying to yep. to get into this and and do it affordably and not only are your packers affordable but if you have a packer crimper combo and then you have right. maybe a a solo seed spreader or or a, you know a an atv sprayer i mean you're set up period done yeah, you're golden. You're golden, man. You can do some. You can do some great, great food plots with with that combination, and and uh, you know, and still do you know, 
I mean, you're going to be doing your soil some good. You're going to be, you know, adding to that organic matter. You're going to be growing your, you know, uh, building your soil from the top down. And, um, you, you know, the, the, I'm, I'm super excited about it just, you know, for the fact that it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a new product that people have really, really, been, you know, been looking at and how, you know, you can't build a, uh, a crimper for a tractor and ship it to Texas. You know, I can, I can ship my Packer Max, you know, from Michigan to Texas uh, in a box, you know, with a side with the frames in a separate box, and then I'll be able to put the cage in another box, and you know, still have it be uh, arrive right at your door. And uh, for not, you know, I mean, these these uh, these big crimpers are going for three, four, five thousand dollars. Well, that's that's an, in itself a ton of money. Well, then all of a sudden you got to pay to have it shipped on a truck, and then you got to have a forklift to get it off the truck. So. You know, if I can dump one off at your door on a FedEx truck, you know, it's going to, for a, a reasonable uh, price point, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a game changer for, for a lot of people and, uh, and get them into something that's going to work really well you know, for what they're, what they're needing. So, so I'm excited about it. Yes, sir. That's, that's what we love to do here is, is try to talk to, awesome regular guys like yourself who are trying to bring food plotting and, and hunting and the habitat management to to our listeners for our, you know regular weekend warrior pricing timing you know do it yourself type stuff that's what we love so nice job lincoln yep. i'm very impressed i can't Thanks. wait to get that crimper um let, let me know i want to be there when the first one comes off the line <laughs> maybe you can uh, maybe you can uh, test one of our prototypes out Oh, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. I um, I think uh, we, we've hit a lot on this episode so far. I'd like to uh, to ask you one more thing, though, before we wrap this up. What are your plans looking like for hunting this fall? I know you've been on a pretty good buck-killing streak. It's, it's, <laughs> July, it's July right now. It's going to be here before we know it. What do you got planned this yep. fall? Well... Unfortunately, up to this point, uh, our Michigan New Ago County property has yet to produce a picture of a of a shooter. So, um, I'm going to probably spend some time at you know we're going to I'm going to hunt the property with the family. That's you know that's above and beyond all you know that's 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 my mainstay. I love hunting up there with my boys um, and my you know my grandsons and daughters are going to start coming up and hunting and and uh, my dad I just enjoy the heck out of the time that I get to spend with my dad up there and so you know at the end of the day if if I don't have anything to shoot here then then so be it and you know we're still gonna we're still gonna spend the time in the outdoors we're still gonna enjoy it and do the work and see what happens and uh so so we're gonna be hunting some you know Michigan uh probably the most you know the substantial amount of our weekend time and then i'm going to be uh taking a trip down to illinois to our lease down there and then um i'm going to head back up to canada assuming the borders open so i'm going to go to the cook's outfitting again this will be year number four and he has put me on three giant saskatchewan whitetails uh the last three seasons and we'll see if he can pull off a, a another another great buck for me so Chris is a Chris from Cook's Outfitting. Is a, he's he's a, just a solid, solid guy. I've gotten to be very good friends with him, 
and um you know it doesn't hurt that he he puts me on big white tails but <laughs> <laughs> but he yeah. but he's a he's He's just a great guy, and, and I just – I feel like when I left there last year, um, I shot my buck last year on Tuesday, I believe. And so I was there Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and we were out scouting, you know, baiting spots, pulling tram- cam- camera chips. I saw some of the most beautiful, untouched Canadian wilderness that I've ever seen. And I just I feel like I left a part of my soul there when I left last year, and wow. I am so looking forward to getting back up there. So it's it's just an amazing amazing time, and uh, and again, you know, Chris is is a he's just a great human being, and he knows how to put people on great whitetails. I mean, whitetails of of most people's you know lives, you know, I mean, the biggest bucks that they've ever seen. I passed up last year. I passed up. Right. An absolute bull, and any anybody would have been, you know, completely tickled with that deer, and uh, but it just, you know, wasn't quite what I was looking for. And then I was rewarded, you know, uh, the following day with uh, with the buck that I got last year. So yeah, that's an interesting uh, way to put it. Yep. Because um, so. you know, like Jared, Jared went to Iowa, and you're you're talking about that place in Canada like that, and also me heading to Kansas. Mm-hmm. And not to not yep. to take anything away from hunting in Michigan or Pennsylvania, where I'm from, or any states like yep. that. But it is nice just to end up in a spot like that and just to see a different style of hunting and, and just just a different yep. area where the where the bucks are just so much bigger and they're kind of just being deer and not not being yep. pressured the way they are. Yep. Well, yeah, I think you hit the nail right on the head right there because, like, I, I always say, so Michigan has 600,000 deer hunters, and the entire province of Saskatchewan only has one million people. And right. 200, 250,000 of those people are, are in Saskatoon. And so the whole province of Canada, only has, of, of Saskatchewan, only has three-quarters of a million people in it. And these deer are in their natural state. I mean, they are as unpressured as you can possibly get. And, uh, man, it's just been, it's been incredible hunting there with Chris and I just love every minute of it. And then after last year, after I shot my buck too, um, we saw a, a Canadian monarch that we saw twice. And, um, one, the second time we saw it, he come up within 75 yards of us. We're glass in this field. And it was, it was easily, a 350 pound deer with i mean easily um and it was if it didn't go 190 inches it wouldn't have been an inch and i mean it was just wow. incredible to see that deer at 75 yards he knew we were there he he could have cared less and uh <laughs> just to see a, a a buck like that you know that deer has survived wolves and cougars and 70, you know, 50, 70 below zero temperatures. Incredible. Uh, you know, you know, just, just, it's just, yeah, just mind blowing. Like you think, even the buck that I got last year was six and a half years old, and you go, good grief, that deer lives in this, you know, one of the most brutal uh, climates that you can be in, and it lived for six and a half years. And to me, that was that was half of a trophy. And uh, no doubt. It was a beautiful book, but uh, it was, it's just cool. So, 
I would recommend it to anybody. And, and, you know, like you said, going to Kansas, Kansas is very similar in the fact that there's just not a lot of people. So Right. Well, Lincoln, I yes, wish sir. you the uh, I wish you the best of luck this fall, my friend. Hopefully, we'll uh, get you on here for a nice game plan episode. Do a few of those this year again, and um, you know, sure. hope hope to see yeah, you both. soon. Just in both. in general, I mean, this whole COVID thing got me got me down. I want to get over there and say hi and check out the new dig. Yeah, so I'd, I'll be over that way. Yeah, soon. I'd love to have. Yeah, I'd love to have you stop in and, and check out the new place. It's it's uh, it's it's super nice. I'm so excited about it and. Uh, uh, very fortunate to be able to to make it happen and i you know i want to thank you know uh, all the people that have supported me along the way in this endeavor and my in my you know my customers um wouldn't be able to do it without any of them and they are you know i i've been working with some of the greatest people in the country and you know that's deer hunters and uh um and just just very fortunate so i appreciate it and i hope to i hope to see you soon jared and I know Brian, if you get over this way, man, I'd love to see you too. So. Yeah, no doubt. And we appreciate everything you do for us and for the podcast and, and just your friendship. Yep. And uh, appreciate yep. your time coming on as always. And uh, hopefully, we'll keep you the Thank number you. one returning guest. That's <laughs> <laughs> a good place to be. You guys, you know what? I, I've said this before. You guys have done an absolute incredible, incredible job in bringing, you know this information to, to the Joe, you know, Joe, Joe Q, John Q public that, you know, is trying to learn and you're doing it in layman's terms and you're bringing great information, great people onto your, onto your show and, uh, uh, you know, just getting that word out there and, and the, the, the things that you've done for our deer has been, has been, uh, I mean, it's been groundbreaking and, and, you know, so thank you for what you guys are doing too. Appreciate that. And you you have a discount for our listeners, don't you? Yes, yep. Uh, So we have, thank you for bringing that up, because, yeah, all the Habitat podcast listeners, if you go onto the Packer Max website and use uh, uh, HPC25 and plug that in the discount code, and you'll get a $25 off any purchase, so any call. Wow, that's awesome. So. So just a you know a little a little a little thank you for you know for for the listeners and for uh, for what they're doing as well making our deer hunting better. Awesome, Lincoln. Thank you very much. You said that was HPC twenty five, correct? Yep. Yep. HPC twenty five Habitat Podcast twenty five HPC. All right, guys. Thank 25. you so much. I really really appreciate you coming on, Link. Uh, I think the the fencing yep. off the food plot conversation for for a normal guy's budget is going to be huge. I think that's a a great yeah. uh, conversation part we hit here, as well as that that call to backer. Uh, I'm sorry, the, the crimper cage you have coming. I mean, I love yeah. what you're doing. I'm yeah. glad you're you're doing hey, well. Cool. You're you're nothing but a a good guy, and and you deserve the best. And, and I really appreciate you coming on. So thank you so much. Hey, means a lot to me, man. All right, you too. And, uh, and, again, thanks for what you guys are doing. And I uh, appreciate you having me on the show. Thanks, Lincoln. Thanks, Link. You got it, guys. You bet. Have a good one, boys. Good night. Good night. All right. Bye. I want to thank Lincoln for coming on. Thank you so much, man. It's always good catching up with you. Really, really love chatting with you. And I'm going to make it over your way soon and stop by and see the new shop. Uh, for anybody who's listening, please check them out at PackerMax.com. 
the rest of our sponsors would love your support as well. We have Killer Food Plots. We have HuntWise. We have Michigan Whitetail Pursuit. We have the Habitat Hook. We have Stony Creek Realty and Sound Barrier Hunting. Guys, we have discounts with almost all of these guys. Check them out. They support us. And, uh, you know, you guys support us as well with, with listening. So just thank you all very much. If you check out our website, we have our new land plan services up there where we're helping landowners book habitat plans and come up with ideas for their property. Uh, we've written a bunch of those so far this year. We're having a blast doing it. Please check that out at habitatpodcast.com slash land plans or just go to habitatpodcast.com. You'll be able to see it up there with all of our, our hats and sugars and podcasts and, and everything else. Uh, also, there's a, a new article on the Habitat Journal up there uh, discussing deer anatomy and where to aim with your arrow. Um, a little sensitive to me or, or hits home, you know, I missed out on that big boy in Iowa last year. So I'm really digging down and, and learning the deer's anatomy and changing my arrow setup and trying to get confident and getting real uptight with that shoulder. So it's a nice uh, nice article written by our friend El Tomeshko, and I wish you all would check it out. Thank the sponsors again. Thank the listeners again. And uh, if you haven't found us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher yet, find us on Facebook or Instagram and YouTube. We're coming out with a lot of stuff there. So, guys, thanks so much. Uh, get out there, get spraying, get planting. Fall is right around the corner. Thanks for listening and tuning in as we become better habitat managers. <laughs>